We're so glad that you guys made the choice to come and worship the Lord. By the way, can we praise the Lord for that worship set that we just uh, got to experience? Praise God. And so I want to ask you to please grab your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 16 and Matthew chapter 28 today. And so the title of the message today and the title of the message next weekend is simply one word, and that word is go. And so I think a lot of you already know that this is all about the Great Commission, which starts with the word go. And so today, next weekend, we're going to be talking about that commission that the risen Christ gave to not just his disciples 2,000 years ago, but to all followers of Jesus in every generation. And so as you're turning in your Bibles, I just want to... uh, Wish all of our moms a very happy Mother's Day. And uh, moms, would you, uh, yeah, yeah. Moms, would you let us honor you? Uh, We would love for you to stand and remain standing for prayer. Uh, We're talking about moms, grandmoms, great-grandma, foster moms, pregnant ladies, everybody. Please stand. And now let's really give it up for all these uh, ladies that are here today. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, stand and remain standing for prayer. I just want to publicly say how grateful I am for my mom, uh, who is going to turn 90 in December, and she's completely independent, living in Tampa, Uh, so we love her. I want to thank uh, God for my wife, who uh, raised, uh, I did a little bit of the raising, she did a whole lot of the raising of our three adult uh, daughters who all love the Lord, and I want to thank God for all of you moms who are standing here today. Your impact, your influence is only going to be fully known in eternity, and I mean that with all my heart. I mean, I think we're going to be surprised when we get to heaven at the people that the Lord is really going to uh, reward and honor, and so we know that uh, there's one way to get to heaven. That's Jesus. That's his blood. That's turning to him in repentance and faith. It's a free gift, but once you get there, There are rewards for those who are faithful. And moms, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for how you have allowed the Lord to uh, impact people through you, your children, your grandchildren, how you have allowed the Lord uh, for you to influence for the good the next generations. And how many of you guys know the next generation needs Jesus, right? They need the word of God. They need the principles of the word of God. And so behind the scenes, Often without being thanked, you have stand, stood in the gap, moms, and so we just want to honor you today, and I'm going to pray over you and pray for the message, and so let's all bow our heads and hearts. Father, we thank you for this Mother's Day. We thank you that we can honor or give honor where honors due. So thank you, Lord, for the impact of these moms on the next generations. Thank you, Lord, for their impact on little ones, teenagers, adult children, whatever it might be kids, grandkids, foster kids, Lord, whatever it might be, we just know that behind the scenes, you are using them and will continue to use them. And so, Father, uh, I know there's going to be a lot of people in heaven who are going to, number one, thank you, Jesus, but they're also going to thank a praying mom uh, for years, how they went their own way and did their own thing, and yet mom kept praying and never gave up hope. And so thank you for the mothers. Lord, we love them. And we bless them today as we turn to your word here in just a moment. 
Father, we're asking that you would continue to speak to our hearts. We thank you for what you've done in our hearts during worship, and now we ask that you would speak to our hearts through the word of God as we understand who we are and why we exist and what that means both locally and globally. We're asking for you to move. Holy Spirit, we give you this time and we pray that you'll bless the little ones next door and us in this room. And we're praying all these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said, moms, please be seated one more time. Let the moms know how much you love them. Yeah. So I'm going to get right into the message because we have a lot on our plate uh, for today. And so before any organization, before any institution can really be effective, successful, that organization, that institution has got to know how to answer these two questions. Number one, who are we? And number two, why do we exist? The first question has to do with that organization, that institution's identity. Who in the world are we? And the second question has to do with their mission. Why do we exist? And we're talking about secular organizations like Apple or Microsoft or Verizon or AT&T or Ford or GM or Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or whatever, and not just secular organizations, but we're also talking about sacred institutions in the realm of Christianity. And so if the people, the people who make up those organizations, the people who make up those institutions, if they really know how to quickly, because it so drives them, it's so clear to them, if they know how to quickly answer those questions and the leaders of that organization, the leaders of that institution, have the right plan and have the right people in place to carry out the number two, the why, the mission, well, that organization, that institution is well on their way to success. Now, regarding our sacred institution, Calvary, Port St. Lucie, the answer to number one is found in Matthew chapter 16 in the scriptures. Somebody says, well, why do you find the answer to who you are as an institution in the scriptures. Because ladies and gentlemen, we believe with all our heart that not only is, are, are, are all scripture, is all scripture given by inspiration of God, but we also believe with all our heart that the Bible of the Old and New Testaments is the final authority for all matters of faith and practice. This is our guidebook. This is our light. This is how we make it through life. God and his word. And so when you think about Matthew chapter 16, we're going to start in verse 13 here in a moment, but let me quickly set the groundwork here, the, 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 the background. And so in this chapter, Jesus and his disciples were up in my favorite part of Israel. My favorite part of Israel is the northern part because I just love nature, and in the northern part, man, unlike the southern part that's really dry and arid and like a desert... The northern part is lush, it's green, it's mountainous, I love mountains, and there's Mount Hermon and the headwaters of the Jordan flowing off of that mountain. It's absolutely gorgeous. In Bible times, it was called, the, it's called Caesarea Philippi. And so they're up there, Jesus and the disciples, and he asks them a very, very important question. 
And so please look at Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 13. It says that when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do people say the Son of Man is? Very important question. In verse 14, they said, well, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And so Jesus asked his disciples the most important question anybody could ever ask, and that is, who do you say I am? So let's talk about that for a moment. Who was Jesus of Nazareth? Was he just a reformer like John the Baptist? Was he just a miracle worker like Elijah? Was he just a prophet like Jeremiah or one of the other Old Testament prophets? Or was he something more? Now, I'm really grateful for Peter. And as always, Peter's the first one to speak. This time, he doesn't put his foot in his mouth. This time, he actually answers correctly. So look at Peter's answer now in verse 16. Simon Peter replied, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And we, re, re, we read that and we say, yeah, amen. We say, yay, Peter, give that man a gold star. You absolutely nailed it. Now, Peter said, you are the Christ. What does that mean? Well, it means simply the anointed one or the Messiah. It's speaking about the son of David. It's talking about Genesis through Malachi, Old Testament. God promised to send a son, a descendant of David, to sit on the throne of Israel called the Messiah. Peter said, you're the Christ. And not just that. Look at this. <clears throat> you're the son of the living God. How many of you guys went through uh, our our study of the Gospel of John with us. Uh, raise your hand if you went through it. All right, so everybody who's got their hand raised, you know that John clearly, more than any other book in the Bible, clearly gave the true identity of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is that Jesus of Nazareth was and is fully God and fully man. And we know that in the beginning, what beginning? the beginning of the space-time material universe was already in existence. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. And so what happened? The eternal Son of God left heaven and entered time and space through a virgin's womb, and he added a human nature to his already eternally existing divine nature. And he became man. Ladies and gentlemen, we have got to reject the false Christ of the cults that is a created being and that is less than God. That Jesus can't save anybody. The true Jesus is the Jesus of Peter's confession that he's the Christ that he's the son of the living God, and as God, he's the creator and sustainer of all things. Ladies and gentlemen, only the biblical Jesus can save souls. Thank God for Peter. 
And now look at verse 17. Jesus is really happy about this answer. Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon, son of John, for, this is very important, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Everybody look at me real quick. Think about the impact of Jesus' words. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Here's what I know, that every world religion, every religious system, every pseudo-Christian cult, Anything outside of biblical Christianity, all that has been revealed by flesh and blood. It comes from man, man made religion. But Peter's confession in biblical Christianity, that comes from God. How do you know that, Pastor? That sounds arrogant. Well, the only reason I know is because Jesus Christ said it, and he knows a lot about this stuff. That's how I know it. And so, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Here it is, end of verse 17, but my Father who is in heaven. Praise God. And then he said in verse 18, and I tell you, you are Peter, Petros, and on this rock, Petra, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so you are Petros, Jesus says to Peter, you're Petros, a stone, a rock, and on this, notice the change in the Greek, Petra, in the context there, we're talking about a huge foundational boulder. On this Petra, I will build my church. All right, so what's the rock that Jesus was referring to? The rock, the Petra, is not Peter. Ladies and gentlemen, if the church was built on Peter, the church would have crumbled 2,000 years ago. The church is not built on a man. Please give me a break. No, the church is built on what came out of the mouth of that man, and that is Peter's confession of faith regarding Jesus Christ. Paul later wrote this to the church at Corinth. He said, no one, uh, no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Peter? You really think Paul wrote that? No. He said, no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He is our rock. I hope you're building your life on the rock of Jesus Christ because he will hold you strong in the good times and the bad times and all the times in between. He is a firm foundation, as we so often sing. And so, Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church. Okay, so what are we talking about? We're answering the question, who are we? Well, the church, we are the ecclesia in the Greek. What does that mean? That means a called out assembly. And so, who are we? What is your identity? You're part of the church. You are the ecclesia. You're the called out ones. You're super special. Why? Because you're the body of Christ on earth. Jesus went up and the Spirit came down. And guess what? The Spirit comes into people who turn to Christ in repentance and faith. And he causes them to be born again. And then they become members of the church. The big C church, the universal church, made up of all believers in Christ all around the world. But then everybody needs to figure out and find a local church where they can 
uh, be a part of and serve Jesus Christ, but, but you're the ecclesia. You're the called out assembly if you know the Lord. Paul also said to the Corinthian believers, quote, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. I love that. You are the body of Christ. You know what that means? We're talking about your identity. What does that mean? That means that you are the hands and feet of Jesus. He's in heaven, but you're on earth still. You're the hands of Jesus. You're the feet of Jesus. You're the heart of Jesus. And guess what we get to do as the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ on earth? We get to reach out in love. And we, need, we get to minister to people. We get to help people. We get to share the good news of Jesus Christ with people. And so what a privilege, what an honor it is to be part of the church. I also love the fact that Jesus called it my church. He said, you're Petros, and on this Petra, I'll build my church. What does that mean? That means that you guys are special. Those of you who know the Lord, why? Because you belong to Jesus. We're talking about your identity. You belong to the living Christ, who is the, 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 the son of the living God. And so when you wake up in the morning and you think about who am I, reject all the false definitions of who you are. You belong to Jesus, and that's eternal, and that should get you excited. And so my church, that means that unlike any of those secular organizations, Apple, Microsoft, Verizon, AT&T, Ford, GM, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, whatever, guess what? You guys are not part of the secular organizations. You guys are part of the sacred institution called the church, and you, along with all other believers around the world, you uniquely belong to Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? What that means is you're special, but also what it, what is, what it means is that the church, get this, is the most important institution on planet Earth. Now, I know just 10 of you said amen, and here's why. Because the church has allowed Jesus, so to speak, metaphorically, to get black eyes because of the church's conduct. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, church people keep messing up, and what happens is that Christianity keeps getting a black eye. So we're all about Jesus, but when it comes to the church, well, there's some baggage there. But listen, listen. How many of you guys know that we serve a God of grace and a God of love and a God of mercy and a God of forgiveness? And how many of you guys know that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God? And without the grace of God, man, we don't have a chance. And so even though, listen, as, as uh, one of uh, my favorite apologists, Frank Turek, often says, when Beethoven, I'm sorry, when someone plays Beethoven bad, who do you blame? When someone plays Beethoven bad, who do you blame? Do you blame Beethoven? No, 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 you blame the person, right? And so when, when, a, when a Christian plays Jesus bad, who do you blame? You don't blame Jesus. Listen, he said, you're my bride. He said, you're my body on earth. And so praise the Lord, we get to have this privilege, this honor 
of being the most important institution, and not just that, we're doing the most important work because how many of you guys know that the work that we do for the Lord echoes and vibrates into eternity? Eternity is on the line regarding the work that we do. And so here's what you need to know. You need to know when we're talking about our identity here at Calvary that we pattern this local church right here after the early church in the book of Acts. And so when Peter preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, 3,000 people heard the gospel and turned to Jesus in repentance and faith. They got saved. And then after that, after they got saved, then they got baptized by water. And then they began to follow Jesus. And what did they do? Okay, this is one of the hallmark verses of our local church, Acts 2.42. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Thank God later they wrote it down. It's called the New Testament. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. That's the church that we pattern this church after, the early church. And so when you think about all of this together, think about that now second vital question, not just who are we, but why do we exist? The answer to that question is just to the right in Matthew chapter 28. So take a right in in the Gospel of Matthew, go from chapter 16 to chapter 28, and now we have the risen Christ. And Jesus has died for our sins. He's been buried. He has risen from the grave. And now the risen Christ is preparing to ascend back into heaven. But before he does, he has something really important to share with his disciples. Okay, so Matthew 28, we'll start in verse 18. It says that Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, and I want everybody, please, on the count of three, I want you to shout out that first word in verse 19. You ready? One, two, three, go. Go. Go, go. He didn't say go, go. He said go. Go, therefore, now get this, and make disciples of all nations. This is crystal clear. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's called the Great Commission. And what you gotta understand is that the Great Commission is made up in the Greek structure of the sentence. It's made up of one primary direct command along with three indirect commands alongside it. And the three indirect commands describe how in the world We are to obey the primary command. And so great commission, the direct command, make disciples. How do you do that? By going, baptizing, and teaching. Crystal clear, there should be no ambiguity about what Jesus has called us to do. Who are we? We're the ecclesia. We're the called out assembly. We're the hands and feet of Jesus on the earth. Well, what are we called to do? Why do we exist? Here's why Calvary PSL exists. We exist, two words, to make disciples. It's not us four no more. No, 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 no. We wanna reach PSL. We wanna reach the Treasure Coast. We wanna reach 
um, people all around the world with this good news of the Lord Jesus Christ because how many of you guys actually believe that Jesus Christ is still changing lives today? Do you actually believe that? I believe with all my heart. This is not man-made religion that we're talking about here. This is a message upon which all eternity hangs. And so, the Great Commission is what years ago um, caused us to develop this mission statement. So here it is. We exist to help people of how many ages? All ages. So how many of you guys really believe that what's going on over there in the tents is just as important as what's going on in this room? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Don't forget that. And so we exist to help people of all ages become lifelong followers, disciples of Jesus Christ. That's our calling. That's our passion. That's our DNA. That's what drives us. That's why we get up in the morning. That's why we exist. Right there. And so we're to do that locally and we're to do that globally. So back to the two vital questions. Who are we? We're the church. And we pattern this church after the early church in the book of Acts. Why do we exist? To make disciples. Now, at this time, I'm going to call up our care and missions pastor. That is Pastor Matt Messiano. Can you guys give a warm welcome to Pastor Matt as he comes up? See you, bro. And so as we're moving chairs and getting ready for the second part of our gathering today, um, I just wanted Pastor Matt to come up and then in a minute, a guest speaker to come up so that we can flesh this out, so that we can get into the details. I laid the biblical foundation, right, as far as who we are and what we're called to do, and now we're gonna flesh it out and talk about what does that mean locally and what does that mean globally. And so Pastor Matt, as I said, is our care pastor. He's also our missions pastor, which means that he oversees all of our local and global mission outreaches. And so, um, Pastor Matt, we know that locally, and by the way, we're going to speak short, um, briefly about local missions, and then we're going to spend most of our time and all of next week on global missions. But, but Pastor Matt, regarding local missions first, um, we have at Calvary um, a church-wide event, it's biannual, it's called Love Your Neighbor. We also at Calvary have, um, I don't know if it's 70 or 80, uh, I don't see Pastor Tiago, uh, 80 Calvary groups, so not just a large gathering on the weekends, but we also have lots of small groups all over the community, and then also we have um, this whole um, responsibility of what's called personal evangelism. So we're talking about local missions. Can you explain to the congregation how those three things fit in? Absolutely. So Love Your Neighbor is our biannual um, local mission where we as a church collectively can go and really love our neighbor, right? Love God and love people, Mark 12, 30 and 31. And so we fulfill that by Love Your Neighbor. Here at Up Center, this is the United Against Poverty. This is a cost-share grocery store, and we had the opportunity to go out there and help them stock shelves, do some area beautification, and my favorite part, 
church invites. Yeah. We got to invite people to church. So this was a huge, huge blessing for us to be able to partner with them. Our next slide is Missionary Flights International. We were doing some area beautification. Matter of fact, one of our elders sitting right there, Clark Zen, is a pilot on one of those planes um, and flies resources and supplies to countries in need right, right around the corner. I mean, literally less than two hours on a flight to Haiti, the Dominican, Cuba, et cetera, that they're able to deliver resources and supplies. That's an incredible yeah. ministry. Clark, why don't you stand up so everybody can see your face. Uh, Clark Zen, elder, Clark Zen. missionary yeah. flights. Awesome, awesome testimony. How he left a really good paying job, secure, that he had been at for years to go, go and serve the Lord um, on, the, on a uh, great mission organization called Missionary Flights. Yep, so. we love you, brother. Yep. We're praying for you. Our next slide is Graceway Village. This is an incredible ministry. They meet the needs of our homeless and low-income community by providing free meals four times a week. Now, uh, in addition to that, they also have a clothing boutique where what we would consider um, clothes we don't wanna use anymore, it's treasure for people. And so what happens is, is a ticket system is generated and these families who cannot afford clothes for their kids because they're, I mean, kids' clothes are expensive, especially as they're growing. Um, I got a two and three-year-old and a 15-year-old, and it's nonstop. But they can go there and then get clothes for free. This is an incredible ministry, really living out the Great Commission, loving their neighbor, um, and telling them about Jesus. And so people who come there, they hear the gospel. And so we absolutely love Graceway Village. Our next slide is one of our elders in action, George Holzmacher. And uh, he's out there helping build a ramp. And uh, like I said, it's a biannual outreach that you can join and be a part of something big and be the hands and feet of the Lord. Yeah. Love your neighbor, right? Yeah. And that, that's what we do. Now, our next two pictures are gonna be for Calvary Groups because it shouldn't be twice a year that we're out there. Right. Calvary Groups, you can yeah. do this once a month, once a week, once a quarter, and so here we have a Calvary group getting together doing a, a, a local mission and they're serving as a group. And their next slide is also that team, uh, but uh, somebody's taking the photo. And so I just wanna say Calvary groups, um, don't wait. You can go out, you can go to our website, you can see on our local missions page a menu of uh, places that you can serve. I'll talk more about that at the end. Um, but like I said, individually and as a group, you can be a part of making a difference. And so it just is not love your neighbor twice a year. It's love your neighbor 365 days Amen. a year. Um, I wanna transition to our CareNet baby bottles. Now, CareNet is a, a pregnancy crisis center. And so uh, a woman will get pregnant and um, perhaps consider abortion. And they'll go to Google and they'll type in abortion and boom, Planned Parenthood comes up. But so does CareNet. And so they pick up that phone and they call CareNet and counselors are ready to encourage moms to keep their babies. Amen. This is an amazing ministry. Amen. And so what they do on Mother's Day is uh, lots of churches like us, we get the opportunity to partner and you can leave today, grab a baby bottle and fill it up with change. Uh, their slogan is your change can change a life and it's true. They're helping moms see the value, the importance, and the blessing of keeping their child. But my um, 
I really wanna highlight this. I love this ministry so much that they not only meet the needs of the pregnant mom, but also the moms who chose to have the abortion. There's an entire department committed to counseling the parents who made the decision um, not to choose life. And so that's why I grabbed this bottle and that's why my family, we're gonna fill this thing up with change and uh, we're gonna bring it back on Father's Day. Incredible ministry for you guys to not only partner with, but to pray for, amen? Amen. Yeah, amen. We also support CareNet as a church, right? Yeah, we support CareNet as a church monthly. And we've been doing that for years. I can't even tell you the number of years, Mike, but it's uh, such a blessing. Thank you for your giving because we're able to, to support amazing organizations like CareNet. Why don't you talk about the Pocket Testament League for a moment? Yeah, so earlier I mentioned at the Up Center they were handing out invites, and so on your chair is an invite, but also is this Gospel of John. And maybe you're sitting in your chair going, man, I just don't have the gift of evangelism. Well, if you open this thing up and you go to page one or two, it's right there. How to present the Gospel. It's, It's simple. It's simple just to sit down with somebody and to explain to them the truth that Jesus loves them. And so we went out and we bought all of these for you. Um, So you can take this and you can, your barber, your barista, your your esthetician, whomever, um, your friend, your neighbor, uh, your boss, your subordinate, somebody that you interact with, you can invite them into a relationship with Jesus. It's, it's, It's in your hand. All you have to do is pray and ask the Lord to give you the words and the wisdom. And uh, you know, it's not only um, for somebody who you're trying to lead to the Lord, the Lord might lead you just to give it to someone. And that person may not be ready at that moment to say yes to the gospel. Follow the Lord's leading with this. And he might lead you to give it to somebody. It might change their life. Pastor Mike, isn't there a, a little bit of a story about something like this in your life? Yeah, yeah, so when I was a senior in high school, Uh, Most of you guys already know my testimony, but when I was a senior in high school, I had gone to church every single weekend of my life. I knew about Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. See, there's a difference between those two things. I knew about Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, and thank God there was a faithful uh, uh, Christian young man on the uh, campus there where I went to school, and he gave me a gospel track. And I read the verses straight from the Bible. It's just Bible verses. And how many of you guys know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? And so I kept reading it and reading it and seeds were planted and all of a sudden it started to become clear and I turned to Jesus in repentance and faith. I received him as the savior and Lord of my life. I got the free gift of salvation because of his love and I was born again as a high school senior because somebody handed me a track. So this not only has a track, it also has the entire Gospel of John in it. And so we really want to encourage you guys uh, to carry those around. And how can they order those if they want to have more? Yeah, ptl.org or a QR code right on the back. Use your phone. It's like a dollar a book. Order them and hand them out. And, and listen, I don't know if the person who handed Mike this book, however many years ago that was, <laughs> um, knew that we would be on this platform today talking about it. So don't, don't hesitate in your, oh, I'm a little uncomfortable. You don't know that your invitation might be so transformational that thousands of lives are touched as a result of it. So you've got something pretty special in your hand today. Be prayerful about who you give it to, amen? Amen, all right. So we wanna go. We wanna go locally. What does that mean? 
Uh, Church-wide, biannual, love your neighbor. Get involved with the next one. Calvary group, please, please, please join a group. It's so important to not just sit in a row, but get into a little circle and let people know who you are and then let them minister to you as you minister to them. Pray for you as you pray for them. Calvary groups are so, so important. We want our goal, our God goal, is to exceed 100 groups. So I think we're at 80. So we wanna see more people step up and lead groups. But don't just go to the Bible study, right? And don't just fellowship, but also go serve your community and have a Gospel of John with you because the Holy Spirit opens doors when you don't even expect it, all of a sudden he's knocking on your heart. I I want you to, to talk to that person and you'll be able to hand them the Gospel of John and just keep going through open doors as long as the door is open to share the love of Jesus with them. Now that's local missions in a nutshell, but now we're gonna spend the rest of our time on global missions. I'm going to um, invite up at this time Pastor Jorge Bustamante from Calvary Chapel, El Sunsal. Come on up, Pastor Jorge. All right, good to see you, man. Yeah, so Pastor Jorge was on staff at Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale for a lot of years. 18. 18 years, and uh, loving life, enjoying life down in South Florida, and then God knocked on his door to call him to go back to his place of birth, which is El Salvador, and plant a church and carry out the Great Commission um, there in El Sunsal, that area, Surf City. So, Pastor Jorge, why don't you tell us a little bit about the history of of that Calvary Chapel that you pastor, and also about uh, what God is doing. So it was seven years ago that, uh, well, it was uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve years ago that as I was traveling, uh, uh, planting churches with Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale, that the knock came on the heart to go back home and start something specifically in a very impoverished area of El Salvador. And so uh, as we started contemplating this calling, we made our our plan and uh, gave our lead pastor at at Fort Lauderdale five years to finish our work there. And we uh, had our home paid off. Our kids were, you know, on their own already. And so it, it seemed like it was a good time to kind of retire and go on the mission field. Hmm. And uh, we sold everything that we had accumulated for, for years and years and years and packed six suitcases and headed down to El Salvador. We had bought some property there. We had started developing it. We, you know, coming from a big church, we felt like that we wanted to do this and this and this. And so we started a, a computer center. We started a, a clinic, a medical clinic. We wanted to provide medical care you know, for the impoverished people there. We wanted to uh, certainly do a soccer ministry. Uh, uh, we uh, did English classes, and we landed. We started our program. We had built two homes to be able to uh, host uh, missionary groups to come down, and part of our mission was to help uh, others fulfill the Great Commission. So we got 24 beds on our property, and uh, we had a lot of churches come the first couple of years. We took off running, and uh, we started slowing down. Uh, the clinic didn't go uh, so good, and the uh, computer center, we had lots of issues there. We didn't have internet at the time. Uh, the sports ministry, was they were just coming out to play sports, and uh, we closed that down, and all of a sudden, things didn't look so good. And COVID hit and closed us completely down. And I think uh, in my case, in our case, uh, the Lord was really uh, humbling us 
to remind me that, you know, who was I to think that I was going to do all these things and create these programs. And so as things got closed down, as we sat in our rooms contemplating who Jesus was, we were reminded during COVID that Jesus is our pastor, amen. Jesus is the son of the living God and that it's his church. And now, God, what do you want us to do? We felt at that time that uh, I w- we were wondering why God would send us out on the mission field, you know, when we were in cozy South Florida. Um, and uh, we thought about throwing the towel. And uh, finally, COVID ended. And we restarted church, and at about that time, uh, we got this surprise call from an organization that I'm going to let Pastor Mike kind of introduce, but uh, God changed our situation 180 degrees. Yeah, yeah. So that organization that Pastor Jorge uh, partnered with has recently become very near and dear to my wife Stacy's heart and my heart as well. And most of you already know this organization um, because they're global, they're all around the world, they're impacting uh, hundreds of thousands of, of lives, and that, that, that ministry is called Compassion International. Now, in case you haven't heard, Compassion International is a Christian humanitarian organization whose mission is to, I love this, release children from spiritual, economic, social, and physical poverty and enable them to become responsible, fulfilled Christian Adults. And so, in a nutshell, Compassion's mission is to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. And so, it's a great organization. It's absolutely amazing. In a moment, I'll tell the whole story of how I was reintroduced to Compassion. But before I do that, uh, Pastor Jorge, tell us a little bit about your partnership with Compassion. So, it was a later part of COVID that I get this call, and uh, Compassion had heard about our site. They wanted to come and visit, so they came and visited, and, you know, I uh, gave them the tour, and sure enough, they saw the clinic there, and uh, they, you know, saw the computer center there, and the, the classrooms that we had, and, you know, the, the rooms that we had available for the missionaries, and they said, would you consider becoming a site, and we would sponsor, we would, you know, pay for uh, X number of kids. At that time, it was 200 kids to be able to come on the property and be part of your church. And I prayed about it uh, 10 seconds and said yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then they send us out into uh, the community to find the 200 poorest kids. We had this long questionnaire, Pastor Mike, where we had to uh, go to the house of the kid and find out how many light bulbs the house had, whether they cooked with gas or wood or they didn't cook, whether their flooring was uh, uh, dirt or concrete whether their roof was in good condition or whether it leaked. And uh, we, we picked the 200 poorest. They approved the kids. And then graciously through Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale, a lot of them, not all of them, got sponsored immediately. So we started seeing the income come through. But most important, we started seeing 200 kids come uh, to the property every week. And when those kids came, they brought mom. And uh, certainly six months into our program, something like 65, 70 of the moms have gotten saved, started coming to church now, and 85% of the kids. Yeah. Yeah, praise God. Yeah. 80-some kids have gotten saved, and they're well on their way. And these kids, the age group is a year old through eight years of age. So we're getting them young, 
and we're getting them started. And now what I thought was going to end up being a disaster, God has turned into this uh, just amazing ministry work machine. What about that uh, photo? Well, look, at, I love this photo, and I'm going to tell you why. Is because uh, uh, we had a team from your church come. Well, you've been coming for three or four years now, and uh, on this particular trip a couple months ago, uh, they had uh, they had heard about compassion, and I'll let Mike share a little bit more about their experience. But they they sponsored two kids from uh, our center, and they were coming on the trip to be part of the trip, but they also wanted to come and visit their new sponsored kid. So uh, they landed. We went to uh, both of these kids' homes. And uh, the first home, <laughs> this little girl, Tatiana, falls, falls in love with, uh, with, with Stacy immediately and, and is holding her hand the whole time that we were visiting their home. But I think Mike looks over and looks at the condition of the house and says, can we, can we, can we help uh, with their house? And I said, you know, we've got some, some funds from from uh, previous trips left over, and so let's, let's rebuild their little house. So we committed to rebuilding their little house, and they've started, you know, tearing down their little shack, and now they're going to have a, a sturdy house with a great roof on it, a concrete floor, and these two kids that uh, your pastor and his wife are sponsoring are well on their way to, uh, you know, breaking that cycle of poverty, and not only physical power, uh, not only material power, uh, uh, Poverty. 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 Uh, but also, you know, the rest of it, the physical, emotional, social uh, skills are going to be developed as they continue coming to our center. So I, I appreciate you setting yeah, the example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, God gets the credit. We can never orchestrate these things in our own lives. It's all about, you know, we write in pencil, God writes in pen. And we got to experience God writing in pen, my wife and I, Last year, around November or December, a pastor friend of mine, who I used to serve on staff with at another Calvary Chapel 20 years ago, uh, he now is a pastor in the Northeast. He gives me a call and says, hey, would you like to come to a uh, Compassion International Conference slash getaway in Puerto Rico? So I prayed about it for 10 seconds, like Pastor Jorge, and it's like, yeah. And by the way, uh, all expenses paid. Um, and so I was like, yeah, we'd love to. Well, God was at work because I got to go and, number one, I was so impressed with the spiritual maturity of the leaders of Compassion International. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, this ministry's got it going on. And um, everything's in place. Every T is crossed, every I is dotted. And we got to learn about the ministry of Compassion International that it's not just a child sponsorship program. It's all about discipleship. When I heard that, that's my one word. I was like, wow. So we heard, right? And then we came back home and we went to Calvary Chapel El Sunsal and we got to see it fleshed out, experience it um, there um, with Pastor Jorge's uh, team. And uh, it was absolutely amazing. Now, let me just say this, that Stacy and I got to go to Calvary Chapel El Sunsal. And uh, while we were there with our team from Calvary, uh, I've been on mission trips now for over 20 years, and this was the best mission trip that I have ever been on. Listen, what's, every, what's every, the best mission trip I've ever been on, every day, um, Pastor Jorge and his team had something meaningful for us to do for a whole week. And listen, we were not just sharing the gospel verbally. We know that's important. 
but we were taking supplies. So Pastor Jorge and I would go to the hardware store or the lumber uh, yard, and we would pick up supplies, and then our team would go and deliver these supplies to widows whose home needs to be fixed up, and we're praying for them in the name of Jesus as they're crying. So listen, yes, we share the gospel verbally, but listen, we're the hands and feet of Jesus, and we gotta show love practically to people, and then if God opens a door, we share uh, the, 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 the gospel with them verbally as well as God sets up those opportunities. So yeah, we should praise the Lord for what God is doing there. Love, love, love it. And so, um, Pastor Jorge, tell us a little bit about the vision that God has given you uh, for the future with your ministry. Well, as we uh, started receiving these kids, uh, we uh, came to get to know them pretty good, and, and we, we immediately noticed that out of the 200 kids, there was, there was a good 80, 90, 100 kids that just as a sharp as, as a kid as you'd want to meet anywhere here in the States. Uh, the difference is the lack of uh, good education in the impoverished areas, and so many of those kids, once they hit sixth, seventh grade, mom says, yeah, you don't have to go to school anymore, and yeah, it, uh, the cycle of poverty, you know, continues when they, um, when they leave school. And so uh, we thought we were done with the vision. Let's just receive teams and work with the 200 kids. But now Compassion has added uh, 40 new kids, uh. ages one through four-year-olds. And we uh. need to get those kids sponsored. But uh, what with the kids that are really sharp and intelligent and seem to, you know, want to get ahead in life? So... Uh, the Lord, and only the Lord can do it. He started knocking on our team and my heart uh, about maybe starting a private school. But those kids and families, they're not going to be able to afford. The Lord says, why are you worrying about things that I'm in control of? So I got together with, uh, with, uh, with the guy that has helped me develop, you know, what we already have. And he came up with... Uh, a, a beautiful uh, sketch of a, of a 12 classroom school uh, that we have a lot of property that we, you know, that we had purchased. And so now uh, the idea is in the next couple of years, uh, let's plan out on how to start a, pub, a private school where these kids will be able to, you know, start in kindergarten and we'll get them, you know, for 12 years and hopefully graduate them, getting them into universities and really change the culture and uh, of the community that otherwise is destined to, you know, continue just being poor forever. And yeah. so uh, that is part of the vision. Yeah, that's great. We feel after six years of being there, the, the Lord has said, hey, listen, uh, there's, there's hardly any people that have cars there. So if you live two, three miles away from where we are, they're not going to come to church. So let's go. And uh, we have the same, same Calvary philosophy to go uh, and make disciples. And so we have started a secondary uh, brand new uh, work in a, in a close by neighborhood where we've rented a, a small building and we're going to, we've started, we started church there uh, when the team was there. That was our first time there. And the idea is to use some of the disciples that we've homegrown at Calvary El Sunsal, get them to start teaching there, and hopefully in another six or seven years be able to be at a place where we can start a second compassion site in the nearby community. Woo. Awesome. Love it. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he will. Yeah. So, so I, don't, I know a lot of you can't, you know, um, 
afford to actually go and be there and see it and experience it, but some of you can, or some of you can save for a future trip. But I want Pastor Matt to take a minute and tell us a little bit about our past trips to El Salvador and then how they can register for future trips. Yeah, so right here you see the team in action at a local school, and what we're doing is we're playing games and we're presenting the gospel. The next slide is me supervising. As everyone's carrying rice and beans, uh, we have our uh, piñatas there for a party on the local community. And our next slide is we're getting the um, uh, ground prepared as we're building a house. That's Muscles there. He's, uh, he, he's so, Tim is amazing. I don't know if you're here, Tim, but I wanted to make sure you got that shot out. And then right here, we're uh, preparing the ground for a playground. So what I want to say is simply this. You come on a trip and watch your life change. 95% of the people that I have had the opportunity and privilege to bring on a missions trip, 96, 97% have come back completely transformed. They get, connect, grow, and invest. They live it out. Their lives are transformed, and they tell others about the goodness of God. Now, let me say this as well. Pastor Mike mentioned how to actually get on a trip, Um, and so you can go to calvarypsl.com forward slash missions, And you'll see our upcoming trips right there. We're going to go to um, El Salvador. We're going to go to Mexico. We're going to go to the Dominican Republic. And that's just this year. So buckle your seatbelt. Click on the Mission Trips interest form. And if you don't have your passport, just go to Walmart. Uh, Not today because it's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Um, But get your passport photo. Get a passport. Expedite it. And let's go. Let's go. Make the name of Jesus great. Glorify God and tell others about his son, amen? So, so yeah, amen, amen, yeah. So what we see happening, I hope, I hope the, the, the dots are connecting right now. We see a solid evangelical church, Calvary Chapel, El Sunsal, and we see them partnering with Compassion International, and what, it, what it's become for me um, is an important prototype of what we're called to do as a local church in the future. That leads us to our Global Missions Initiative. I want it to be so clear in the mind of everybody who calls Calvary PSL their church home. So this is the direction for the future. And so we want to partner with solid evangelical churches and Compassion International to fulfill the great commission in the future. So what does that mean? What that means is that our church wants to fund churches and church plants that have compassion centers in the future Um, maybe even a church or church plant that wants to build a compassion center, we can get behind that. We want to, those of us who are able, go to those churches, church plants that have a compassion center and minister in the name of Jesus. And if you're not able to go, how many of you guys know that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much? You can pray, you can pray for those churches, church plants, along with the compassion centers, and you can actually um, pray in Jesus' name that God would do something amazing. Now, now here's, 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 here's what I love. And I, I want to say that now Pastor Jorge has 200 kids. Those 200 kids come from homes in that community. So what an amazing way, right, to fulfill the Great Commission through the kids. How many of you guys know that Jesus said, let the little children come to me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of heaven, So, and it's not just spiritual poverty, it's physical poverty and social poverty and economic 
poverty as well. So we get to be the hands and feet of Jesus to get by, behind uh, ministries like Pastor Jorge's and others in the future to be able to carry out the Great Commission and be a blessing to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids as we're doing that. That's a wonderful, amazing thing. So, um, we talked about registering for trips. Uh, we talked about the vision for the future. Um, let me just say that um, Pastor Jorge uh, is really a spark plug when you go on the mission field and you see his passion and you see his drive, his enthusiasm, um, getting to go to schools and setting up all these crazy games and seeing hundreds of kids from the public schools come out and then for us to de develop relationships with these kids through all these crazy games and then to sit and listen to Pastor Jorge share the gospel with these kids and with the teachers who are there listening as well um, that and a lot of other stories. Pastor Jorge, thank you for your example. Can we thank Pastor Jorge uh, for being here today? 